This is Future Sight, a show from Capgemini Invent. I'm Liz Lunier. On this show, we explore new ways for you to adapt and grow for the future in business. In today's world, 4G mobile infrastructure and fiber broadband have revolutionized the way businesses and individuals connect to each other. In the past two years, 5G has pushed businesses even further into the future with multitudes of applications in industry. But what can 5G do for you now and in the future? Joining me today to explore this are experts from here at Capgemini. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Pierre Fortier, and I'm a VP uh, at Invent in charge of 5G. And my name is Fotis Coronas. I am the uh, Capgemini group lead for 5G and Edge. And from Ericsson, I'm Nadine Allen, and I am responsible for Ericsson's business in enterprise in Southeast Asia, India, and Oceania. So first, let's establish the state of play as it stands. We've seen 4G reshape connectivity, driving massive innovation with new consumer experiences, apps, immersive CX, device form factors. How is 5G set to revolutionize key industries such as HC, manufacturing, and the automotive industry? Let's start with Unity. We see a lot of interest in 5G from enterprise CIOs, particularly when we compare with previous cellular generations. So I'm sure you've heard before the expression that it's not just another G, and it really is about driving a much broader transformation in business and enterprise. I think IT decision makers cite 5G as an enabler for their industrial digital transformation. And we know that 5G comes at a really important time in that overall journey as enterprises are really seeking to improve their outcomes in the face of a lot of competitive pressure where several industries are pressured to digitalize by structural changes such as sustainability, which is driving a need for new solutions and ways of working in many industries. We also see a structural shift by e-commerce, which is forcing traditional stores into digitalization, as well as pushing them to find new ways to retain customers. And shifting expectations. I think consumers have already, through existing technologies, been exposed to well-designed user experiences in their professional uh, context. They often see a dated design and, and a poor interface in comparison to the consumer experiences that they've seen. So it's pushing both B2B and B2C enterprises to modernize their user experience. And I think these expectations are pushing enterprises to become more digital, not only in their customer experience, but also internally to offer a more attractive working environment. And we see that 5G really can start to offer a lot in the context of this uh, transformation that enterprises are undergoing, particularly in the area of agility. But maybe I can come back to that. Excellent. Pierre, do you have a comment there? Yeah, I agree with what you just said, and that in 5G opens a new wave of possibilities across so many different sectors. And and to the point you made, Liz, when introducing the question, uh, let's think about, let's step back and think about 4G. 4G, 10 years ago, completely revolutioned the way we live today. It really took to the next level the use of mobile data. Without 4G, we wouldn't have all of those social media that have completely exploded and and 
we would have all of those enterprise apps that have shaped the world uh, we live in. So let's see what the technology unfolds. It certainly opens uh, new possibilities from a technical standpoint. And now it's up to the market, both in B2C and B2B2X to offer uh, those new opportunities. It's also fascinating to see how fast the, the networks are being rolled out with already, I think, more than 200 commercial 5G networks that have been launched by operators across the globe. Already 500 million subscribers to, to 5G services. So it's a very interesting start to this uh, technology, but I think we're only seeing the beginning of, of how 5G will transform the world of connectivity. Excellent. And photos. I know that Nadine mentioned about the customer experience. Can you talk a little bit about the industry experience that 5G will make an impact with? Absolutely. 5G was, if I may call it, based on the 4G evolution to, to service, revolutionize the industry, digital transformation. So it's, it's just amazing the, uh, the stepping stone of 4G into 5G and 5G brings a, a lot of new features that uh, were needed by the industries as we saw all these new customer experiences that Nadine and, and Pierre were talking about with 4G. So the fact that in automation, if you like, in fixed environments like the supervisory control and data acquisition in manufacturing requires a few milliseconds of reaction times in order to get stuff done. The reliability, the security, these are elements that have come into the wireless world now and are revolutionized the way that the manufacturing is, is taking place. So this, uh, the, the production shop floors are not fixed anymore. They cannot be fixed anymore. There was a lot of constraints uh, in manufacturing by having fixed shop floors that equipment cannot move around. Then the new evolution of IoT that requires massive connectivity. Today in SCADA systems, in the fixed environment where everything is cabled, you can only cable one IoT device to a cable. Here we have wireless. You can connect hundreds of IoT devices to a wireless network in, an, in a very industrial environment. So the uh, the needs of evolution and transformation in, in manufacturing, in, in, in logistics, in ports, airports is massive because of everything is really connected. And the fixed connections, although they, you can say that they could be reliable, but they cannot have any scalability and flexibility to the needs of the new industry world. So this is an incredible opportunity for wireless and 5G to step up. And and as, as our Nadine and Pierre said, there is a huge investments going on. We are in the stepping stone of 2012, right? Of, two, of 10 years ago when it happened in 4G, 2022, I think is faster. The deployment of 5, 5G is faster than the deployment of 4G. The devices are much more and so on. And therefore, uh, that will go in and, and transform the industries themselves, like logistics, manufacturing, healthcare energy utilities, ports, airports, etc. So let's continue down this, this particular path. I'm hearing you say why 5G, and I'm hearing some about why 5G is relevant for business. Can you tell me a little bit what is the current state of 5G implementation in the business, Nadine? I guess just to repeat or to reinforce some of the things that, that Fotis and Pierre have already said, 5G, what is it that 5G brings to, of interest to an enterprise? The first I really think is about that agility piece. A high capacity wireless business is an agile business. And in the past, I think enterprises have had the option of reliable but less agile fixed connectivity or lower performance wireless connectivity. And with 5G, they don't need to make that trade-off. So whether enterprises need to optimize their operations to increase uptime, 
asset utilization and minimize waste and consumption or be market ready and refresh their products or launch new services rapidly or reconfigure their workspaces or their workforces to adapt to changing business requirements. I think cellular really gives that flexibility to change at speed and to gain new efficiencies at scale. I think there's also new capabilities coming through in advanced operations. So monitoring of assets, systems and data in real time gives improved situational awareness and better end-to-end supply chain uh, transparency. And then the third area that I would probably talk about in terms of the benefit is around having a more holistic view of the enterprise and the data across all environments, both internal and external. We should mention mobility at this point, of course, being an obvious key element of 5G and the strength of 5G. But being able to combine all of these data points will allow us to develop deeper, more actionable insights and improve quality and speed of decisions, as well as to drive you know, better outcomes with regards to customer and customer experience. I think when it comes to where are we at right now, of course, 5G for enterprise, there are different deployment options as 5G early adopter industries such as manufacturing, uh, mining, the energy uh, sector, ports, for example, you know, are focusing on private cellular, both 4G and or 4G and 5G. And we're also seeing service industries such as retail and healthcare leveraging 5G wireless WAN capabilities. I think we have a number of private 5G networks uh, that are operational globally, around 50. And of course, there are uh, many more than that in trial and deployment. And then the next phase will be in network slicing, which will, of course, be a key enabler for unlocking 5G opportunities. And we see that arrival with 5G SA, with the core and, and SANR. And I think, again, this is, this is going to be a key area for us developing new innovation in 5G. And we're just starting to see a number of those deployments, SA deployments globally now. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Nadine. Uh, when we think about 5G or when we read marketing material around 5G, we read all of the promises that you just talked about. Uh, the combination of mobility and, and high quality and private networks offer a kind of deployment that allows to reach that level of uh, flexibility, mobility, and high quality in a given setup. So around, for example, an industrial campus that's available now. And that's very transformative for industries like big logistics platform, airports, sports, manufacturing, mines, etc. Now to reach this level of promise within the public network, it's going to be a journey. It's a journey because the public network operators have to roll out the 5G antennas and spectrum widely across the countries. They then need to also roll out edge computing data centers in order to, to bring the compute closer to the end user and bring the low latency promise all the way down to the end user. And they also need something that Nadine mentioned, which is the 5G SA. So a transformation of the core network that will really completely transform the way uh, they can uh, provision and deliver services to the end users. So it's a, it's a journey. Private network offers great possibilities already starting now, and we're progressively be moving from a pilot phase towards a uh, more industrial implementation of private networks across the globe. And when it comes to the public network, it's going to be a bit more progressive. We're going to see an acceleration in the next two years of the type of uh, innovative network services that the, the public network operators can provide. Botus, we're hearing from Pierre some of the journey that we're going to be taking with 5G as far as the network rollout is concerned. 
What do you think that some of the issues that 5G is facing, what are the roadblocks in the way? Mm. Just before, I would say I would call it the roadblocks, but also the, op the opportunity, if I may say, because there were roadblocks in when we see manufacturing, for example, or, you know, the industries, right? The, there were the IT systems that were working on their own. There are the operational systems working on their own, that doing supervisory control and data acquisition on the shop floor. And then there is the network part, which was segregated between different types of locations, different technologies, et cetera. And all these were, I would call it blocking a little bit the transformation of what we can actually do. With 5G coming here now, we are bringing together the worlds of IT, let's say the back office systems with data analytics, with SAP, logistics, planning, all that stuff. And then the operational part of the shop floor, which was very closed based on, you know, PLCs, remote terminal units, SCADA wired environments, very proprietary, and that were very difficult to change. So they were going on for years and years, and you can't really sh change the flexibility, the agility that uh, Nadine was talking about. And, and then the networks were, again, different between the office, the outside, the inside, et cetera, et cetera, different protocols. And, and the opportunity of 5G is that because it's IP-based, everything can come together. And we can actually have a holistic view of an enterprise, right? What is going on the shop floor, linking it with the data analytics, with what is going on in planning and the logistics, the subcontractors, the environment, and then looking at the network, which is very reliable, wireless, with all the agility that it can bring and connecting the office, the, the front office, the back office, the shop floors, et cetera, together. And that is coming together with cloud, data analytics, IoT, uh, AI, et cetera. So that's the unblock, if I may call it that enables this new world to happen. And to say now, what are the current, to go back to your question, I think it's also educational. It's a cultural element because these three worlds were working separately. So our job, I would call it, is to work with the uh, stakeholders in the industries to understand how unlocking uh, these capabilities of, by bringing all these use cases to collaborate is a very important part. And that requires experimentation, it requires proof of concepts. It requires co-innovation between different partners because it's an ecosystem. If you want to maximize the, the value of a data-driven economy or a data-driven you know, enterprise, it has to do with an ecosystem play. And I think we've been working separately as telco operators, system integrators, network equipment providers sometimes. And that, I think, is the opportunity now to come to, together to unlock and unleash the value of 5G, but also together with all the other technologies and business outcomes that are very important at the moment. Very interesting. You mentioned some of these use cases. Can you guys give me, um, Nadine, how about we start with you? Why don't you give us some use cases of some of the problems that we're trying to resolve today with 5G? Yeah, I think a lot of the key ones that we're really looking at, if we look at the manufacturing segment, for example, is to have a better understanding of the environment. So we're seeing digital twins, for example, where we're creating a virtual copy of the facility, allowing us to change operations, plan scenarios, test new environments without physically changing anything. I think asset condition monitoring is really important, collecting data from machinery and alerting operators when maintenance is needed, which of course results in less unplanned downtime and also the cost, uh, the, the costly replacement of parts. Autonomous mobile robots offers the most uh, value, I would say, or offers really significant value. AMRs maneuvering around factory floor, carrying, tracing and inspecting products and parts and really that flexibility to be able to reconfigure environments based on that. Augmented reality, increasing productivity and accuracy by providing 
really good visual instructions and overlays and eliminating the need to move back and forth between a manual and the equipment. So really training um, and upskilling workforces through the use of AR. And then also similar to autonomous mobile robots, there's also, you know, things like collaborative robots helping operators to perform tasks like drilling, assembly and inspection. So those are some of the early things we're seeing. And then, of course, we're also seeing mining environments being very much benefited by cellular technology, not only improving business outcomes, but also really producing safety outcomes for them as well. To me, what 5G brings is really the real-time enhanced situation awareness. So whether it's in the shop floor, like Nadine just explained, the ability to collect data from different sensors, employees, machines, etc., and do something with that data and be able to, to act very quickly, either because there's a risk situation or to enhance the quality of a product. So if you take, for example, real-time quality control on a manufacturing process, that's really what the, the, the kind of value that 5G brings. But the same applies to different contexts. If you take public safety, which is a topic close to my heart these days, what 5G can bring in the situation of crisis, think about a major accident, what 5G can bring is the ability for the first responders to really easily share information, access video feeds from drones, for example, create close groups of of users in order to deal more efficiently with the situation. And if we take this enhanced situation awareness to another topic, which is autonomous mobility, that's also equally important. If you have a major traffic intersection and you're able to collect the data from different vehicles, from cameras, from sensors that will understand what the situation is and be able to identify uh, a risk because there's a like a a pedestrian that's uh, like crossing the street outside of the crosswalk or something dangerous that happens behind a truck and the ability to collect this information, analyze it somewhere close at the edge, send insights and, and action points to the cars, for example, that can save lives, that can increase the safety of the road, and that can pave the way for, for new use cases. So these are some interesting examples of what 5G can bring. Building on that, uh, what uh, just Pierre uh, said about uh, the automotive, I think we can imagine the combination of 5G and the 5G and edge. Actually, the edge, we should see it as a very important part that it provides that low latency capability computing that the cloud hanging low, right? Not only on the public, on the sort of public cloud, but also on the real edge. The importance of Mac, I would call it, versus the cloud edge is very fundamental because what we can think about the multi-axis edge computing is that if you can imagine the car that is riding and you to Pierre's point, exchanging information, it actually enables the car to to move and to roam between also not only in the country, but from country to country. So that the activity of that or the identity of the car is actually transferred via the um, mobile uh, provider and exchanging roaming between as we're doing in devices when we change the country, the same thing can happen with an automotive. The importance of the mech of the mobile edge computing is that it's it's got network aware capability. 5G is a huge transformative capability for the telco operators to become digital service providers. And 5G provides that fantastic stepping stone to actually transform the way that the, uh, the, uh, the services that they provide as uh, you know, telco operators to our consumers and to the industries. Nadine, do you want to comment on that? I guess the one thing I would probably add a little bit about what do we need to do in order to be able to support the introduction of 5G into enterprise environments 
is, of course, enterprises are, are not going to introduce technology without a good reason. So it has to be deployed within the context of their overall digital transformation objectives and business objectives. And I think they've obviously got to build a business case associated with 5G capabilities, include a clear roadmap, a rollout plan, applications, and also how to migrate from existing environments, which is an area that needs clear thought and more work. But for this to happen, I think we also, to build on what Fotis was saying about education, we need to give better support to enterprises in understanding the capabilities of 5G, but also how 5G can be optimized alongside other frontier technologies. And I think that enterprises obviously really want to improve efficiency. That's absolutely clear. But I think that Mm -hmm. it's also important that we look into supporting how all of this evolution can support cross-sector partnerships. For example, we talked about B2B to X earlier as a new evolving business model to support enterprises and, and operators actually to deliver better, faster products and services. So I think that piece around how 5G is optimized alongside other frontier technologies is also quite key for us to continue to work on. And then the broader ecosystem piece, devices and and bringing ecosystem partnerships that can really make sure that these things work together end to end is also really quite key. What about new areas of business like sustainability? Photos, how can 5G potentially impact Mm. sustainability? Yeah, I think the, it's a very fantastic question. And I think the, when we are in this sort of milestone, I would say that 5G is industrialized. What I think the opportunity is to say, what are the huge problems that the society is facing? What are the big problems that we are trying to resolve that haven't been resolved for ages? So there's two big ones that I think, one being sustainability, the other one, healthcare. If we look at the problems of, for example, in healthcare, where we lived through the pandemic, the processes have not been changed for the last 60, 70 years. There was all So I I want to call that as well. But on sustainability, there is a massive need, right? When we're saying a reduction of carbon footprint, agriculture, to make the products much more uh, sustainable, much more eco-friendly, avoiding that mass over-fertilization, over-usage of our resources. Today, we, yes, technology and IoT information, it's all about information and having the right information to do the right use cases in an agricultural environment that we are overusing fertilizers. We could actually have a real-time monitoring uh, using our 5G network, either on a private network or on a public network, gathering information for a better water processing, better cleaning our rivers, cleaning our earth, making sure that we less pollution, less carbon. All that is very possible. If you look at all the different industries that are involved, we're talking about agriculture, energy utilities, the chemicals, there's a lot of efficiencies that there and use cases are just tip of the iceberg of what we can think or traffic management or transportation. The importance of using real-time information on the fly, on the move is absolutely important. The other part is that the networks themselves, if you look at the amount of assets that have been invested and accumulated over the last century, I would say, (laughs) just thinking about the fixed infrastructure sitting there uh, in big data centers, consuming a lot of energy because you have maybe 10 users, but you need to have the same energy to to feed those big sort of switching centers. So we need to switch off. This industry cannot accumulate legacy. So we need to use this opportunity of building wireless networks, which are, I would call it uh, comparatively to the technology that we're using, consume less energy than the, I don't know, 3G or the fixed line or even 4G. So that is an important part of reusing our resources in a way of our you know, infrastructure to consume less energy, switch off the old systems, move people on, on modern technology, local, low energy usage. And then, of course, using the 5G as a technology for a, a better environment. I will also stay a little bit on the, uh, on the healthcare. 
because with healthcare, we are trying to make people be treated where they are rather than moving them into the emergency services. So that's sort of like vicious circle of I am referring a person to go then to be referred to an expert and then or sending him to the hospital because we don't know what he has. We can use remote working, remote assistance, see what I see applications, what the big promise of telemedicine that never happened in the 90s because the technology was not mature enough to do a, a, a medical class diagnostic from a remote location. Today, it's completely possible. And together with technologies like cloud, data analytics, it's security also, you can absolutely do a multi-person multi, uh, uh, diagnostic and have a really great outcome rather than moving people and, and making them actually worse when they come out. So the, the importance of technology for a sense of purpose, I would call it human-centric 5G uh, or human-centric technologies. How do you use that in order for a create a better world. I think that's, this should be the big topics of today and the future. I think that's fascinating. I think that is a great thought there. One of the ways that I can see 5G impacting sustainability is that it's been really empowering the new reality of remote working. So Nadine, can you give us some examples of how you see it influencing our future in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. I really do think that the pandemic, of course, has shown the value of a world or a society that is capable of working and studying from home or from anywhere. And undoubtedly, some of the learnings are for sure going to create a more flexible hybrid future for work. And I should also add education. So when Fotis talks about health transformation, I think one of the other big areas that has been forced to transform and I hope will continue to transform will be in the education uh, sector as well. And we need to make sure that the capability that we have at home and in remote workplaces are like those that we have in our regular workplaces. I think 5G for sure can really support in becoming the go-to connectivity option for personal productivity across uh, all devices that we use and really to bridge the gaps in fiber-based fixed broadband. And there are a number of issues in broadband deployment in, in different parts around, around the world. So fixed wireless access, for example, is a key category of use in 5G. And I really do think flexibility of 5G is going to become ever more relevant in a hybrid model as highly reliable connectivity will be needed, but it will not only be needed, it will be needed in a very agile way because we're all going to start to move around a bit more. There's not going to be the same predictable patterns. The usage in offices will change and people will start to work from places that they consider to be convenient for them, not convenient for organizations. So I really do think that agility that we talked about earlier will have a big role to play in, in the hybrid work model of the future. Excellent. Pierre, do you have any thoughts? I think 5G can play a key role in the next generation of digital workplace or work collaboration. And to Nadine's point, I think the, the pandemic really showed us the value of being able to connecting people from afar. And, and I think what 5G can bring is helping to project expertise. So without necessarily having the expert on site. You can still benefit from the support from an expert in real time, whether it's for assisted surgery or whether it's in the manufacturing uh, space, for example. I, I like the example of uh, what Lufthansa Technik uh, did, for example, uh, in, in Hamburg uh, during the pandemic. They were one of the early adopters of uh, private 5G network for their maintenance center in, in Hamburg. And the fact that they had this and that they had this seamless high-speed connectivity within their maintenance warehouse 
truly help them to maintain the activity at the time where obviously their airline customers were not able to, to travel. So by simply using the seamless 5G connectivity and the live streaming functions of, of smartphones, they were able to, to be in real-time interactions with customers that could validate from, from wherever they were in the world, some of the maintenance operations that were being done on site. And what Lufthansa Technik said was that had they not had 5G and this quality of seamless connectivity, probably there's a lot of those maintenance operations that they would not have been able to, to do. So I think it's a good testimony of the value of, of 5G and this ability to bring expertise closure. Maybe one, one other point I want to make on this topic of collaboration. Two, three years from now, in, when 5G network slicing will be quite installed and will offer new propositions, I believe we will see new services that will bundle an application with a certain quality of service on the network. So you can think about reusing all of those services, whether they are like Microsoft Teams or and others. I would really not be surprised that in a couple of years, we can have those services bundled with a specific quality on the mobile network as employers will want to make sure that their employees can access specific applications and services with the right quality of, of service and the connectivity. That's really interesting. Fotos, do you have any thoughts on this? Definitely, there are three industries that are significantly drive uh, evolution and progress. One is the, I would call it the semiconductor industry and the way that it's just this ubiquitous connectivity and capabilities that everything will be connected. And that is, and it's going to be natively 5G. It's not quite there yet, but it's on its way. The second one is the, uh, the telco industry, of course, and, and the big divide, the deployments around 5G and the infrastructure. And I would call the third one being the software. What is varying to, to the points that were made earlier, especially now, uh, just Pierre mentioned about the, the software and the applications. I think the, uh, we, it's no, no secret that the, the software is becoming cloud native. And I think that is a very important revolution of microservices. The way that the software is developed today for applications, it's the same way that it's developed also for the telco industry. So when we're doing like a 5G core, it's also microservices based. It's cloud native. You can reconstruct use cases and work on any sort of across whatever hyperscaler type of environment. So you can actually call these applications on your pr private network, or you can call them on the public network. You can have them on the cloud. You can have them locally on mobile edge computing in an industrial scale. That provides a lot of flexibility for companies that are distributed across many locations, like in having logistics or in manufacturing, or you mentioned aeronautical or in, in automotive, that is very helpful so that you can have the same type of experiences and people can log in from different locations. So that is the, the, the big opportunity, I think, here. And we are in the journey now that 5G, if I call the three layers, one is the connectivity. So huge investments, a uh, load of investments in building the connectivity. The second layer, I would call it, is the data platform. So we need the data platforms, we need platforms so that they can use the data extracted from the uh, processes using the telco, the telecommunication infrastructure. And then the third one is the marketplace of applications. And I think there is a revolution there going on in each level, but the marketplace of would be based on cloud native applications. You can run it from on the device, on-prem, near the network or, or from the cloud, depending on the features and the latency that you would require. So that's the, I would say, a model that is becoming the standard. And we saw already from the consumer perspective, a lot of customer experience of the changes already and coming into the industry now. I think that's fascinating, particularly around the app store. A quick question though. So 
Nadine, how do you think 5G can be a scalable solution in business? Well, I think we are really starting to see, we talked about 5G earlier as uh, more than just a cellular technology. I think we need to see it as being a platform for innovation. So it really can be uh, a technology that is capable of operating across multiple environments, both indoor and outdoor, internal, external, and also working with a variety of different inputs, all the things that collect data within organizations. We are starting to really see 5G maturity now around the world. I think Pierre referenced a very high number of, of global deployments that, that we have now seen globally. We still have some way to go with, with 5G spectrum deployments and 5G network build out, but it is starting to become a reliable technology. And then I think all of the great capabilities that Photis referenced with regards to essay introduction, micro services and so on, we are also starting to see that those kind of capabilities will be scalable because you can connect, for example, a single 5G device to multiple different network slices. So I think these innovations are also considering how you become scalable across the broader ecosystem, as well as offering all of these new capabilities in terms of latency, overall performance for end users, but also the ability to rapidly launch and configure new services and scale them if they're successful. So plain devil's advocate, what about the areas around the globe that don't even have 4G? How are we making sure that nobody gets left behind? I think it's a very important question and one that is not going to resolve very, very quickly. For sure, even in those countries, it's not magic. It's not going to become ubiquitous. I think that private networks are an a way to solve part of the problem, especially if 5G is combined with fiber backhaul or with even satellite connectivity, it becomes progressively possible to create those islands of 5G coverage uh, in remote areas. Those can be mines, there can be big, big farms, and they can be in remote locations. It's now possible. And then that means that across those areas, it's possible to benefit from a very high quality connectivity solutions that will remain islands of operations with uh, a premium 5G connectivity. Then the question becomes, apart from those islands where enterprise will find ROI in rolling out uh, this type of infrastructure, how will the rest of the globe access the, this technology? I think it's going to take, for sure, it's going to take a little while. The variety of use cases that 5G can cater can help because it means that it has the possibility to offer services both to consumers, governments, smart cities, etc., as well as agriculture and so many different sectors. So that means that hopefully the, the ROI of rolling out this type of infrastructure will, will increase over time. But it will not be a battle that will be won overnight. And maybe one thing I could just add to that. I agree uh, with, with what Pierre has said, but also we shouldn't forget that 4G today can do a lot already. And there are a number of 4G private networks around the world. So I think we can for sure start with 4G. But you raise uh, an important point, Liz, and that is that, of course... It's really important for governments to really see that 5G and, and similar capabilities are really now critical national infrastructures. And it's important to get organized around making them available for their own competitiveness, their own digital competitiveness. So I, I would say the third thing I would say is I've been in, in Thailand now for 
five, six years. And when I look at the performance of networks here, it's incredible. I have 150 meg coming into my house. The fiber penetration here is really good. I think what they have done really well here is leapfrogged a little bit and started to develop as, as much as they can or learn on other global experiences to make sure that when they did deploy, they really deployed very reliable connectivity solutions. So as other countries start to come downstream or, or, or to come on board with 5G, I think a lot of the, the earlier points that we discussed about making all of this a success and ensuring that all of this transformation happens, I think we will have a lot more learnings mm. 24 months from now. And I would really love to see some of, some of these emerging economies really start to tap into them and capitalize on mm. that learning. I think it's a super point. And uh, I think that if we want to accelerate the, the evolution of that of 4G and 5G, I think the online services, just to enable to leapfrog and enable the government to transform of different countries in online services, to enable the, the consumers to do everything online, is a very important an incentive to, to accelerate the deployments of 4G and 5G networks. Because a lot of countries do not fiberize. And if you really want to move to the digital economy, have a much more efficient running operation of the state. All these different uh, services can be accelerated by being online and digital. So that pushes the deployments of 4G and 5G. We're seeing that in, in India, for example, uh, everything online, etc. So that's drive side from a need side. The other one is that 4G and 5G networks are coming together. So all these spectrum portfolios are blended. So when you launch uh, a, a network, you can have really, it turns into a 5G network because all these different spectrum portfolios that the countries had deployed on 4G, the 1800 or the 800, etc., 21, 26, and now of course 3.5 plus are encapsulated in the same technology. So by leapfrogging, you catch up with your deployments and uh, I think, uh, and the digital transformation of your country. So it's a huge opportunity. Nadine, I want to come back to you, you touched on this, but how has the adoption and integration of 5G business in Asia really differed from Europe and the United States? And what lessons can we learn from its successes and where it might have overpromised and not delivered? If I look at private networks, so if I, I take it from that perspective, I, I guess from a, a deployment perspective of private networks, we see a lot of traction in the US, in the UK, in Germany, France, China. And in Asia, PAC, we've seen Australia, Singapore, some deployments in those countries. From a general 5G availability perspective, there's a wide variety of countries in this part of the world. Some of them have launched 5G, some are yet to launch 5G. So we don't see quite the same level of blanket coverage as we might see in, in the US and then some countries in Europe, albeit we do in some countries like Australia, for example. I think the the other big thing that's uh, quite different between the US and some European countries is around the spectrum strategy. In the US uh, and in Europe, we're starting to see spectrum allocated or dedicated to, to industry. And I think that, to some extent, is encouraging a little bit more activity. I think the spectrum model is still emerging here, but at the moment, we're seeing less dedicated spectrum opening up. There are a couple of exceptions. And I think this is an important point for enterprises, actually. I think we need to develop a very clear, a reliable, understandable spectrum model for the enterprises. We've recently, just very recently in the last week, seen India, for example, now proposing and investigating dedicated spectrum. So there is definitely some interest in developing this, but I do think that makes a difference when we give a clear and easy to understand spectrum model. And then industry relevance. The industries, of course, can be quite similar, like manufacturing is quite a big is quite a big uh, deal in this part of the world. But I think in some cases, the maturity of the enterprises and the business challenges are not perceived to be the same. So, for example, labor cost in many countries in this part of the world is a lot lower. So they may seem to be not quite the same 
level of pressure to to drive efficiency. But I think what comes uh, what becomes important there is to remind us that this transformation is not just linked to reducing labour costs. It's to really improve the effectiveness all round of of an enterprise's outcomes. And then I would say. We are, of course, from a, an ecosystem collaboration perspective, like in many other parts of the world, we need to mature a lot more than we already have done and do a, a lot further collaboration. But there have been a couple of really great examples. And I've seen one, if I could talk about, is a, a case in Australia uh, for a, a company called Taylor Construction, where they've been really using 5G uh alongside existing 4G to do some really smart things like holographic building visualization, where they're using Microsoft's HoloLens, which is like this type of mixed reality smart glasses that their employees and customers can wear on site to render like a virtual model of the building or elements of the construction process, such as holographic structural steel framing or electrical schematics. And then they're also using one that I really thought was quite cool is IoT structural sensing. So they're putting smart sensors affixed to rebar and embedded in concrete aggregate. And they send, they've received data back via into the cloud. And this determines if the concrete has been poured correctly and tracks any shifting of the concrete for years to come. And they're also interested now in looking at replacing their backup fiber line with 5G, gaining fiber-like speeds with the diversity of a wireless connection. So we are starting to see some good examples, but I really think clear spectrum model is very important. And I think it's important that they really look at the broader transformational potential of 5G and its uh, peer technologies in supporting a wider transformation than focusing only on it. I'm going to go back to your example that you mentioned around the HoloLens. That's a great immersive experience. And we're seeing more and more brands also developing immersive experiences. So Pierre, what role will 5G play in bringing some of these immersive experiences to the consumer? I think what 5G can bring to immersive experience is mobility and scale. Mobility because today, if you have a good Wi-Fi connection and good fiber connection behind your Wi-Fi, you can do virtual reality with a good experience. But obviously, you're, you will be limited to the area that's well covered over uh, with Wi-Fi. Uh, now, if you think of 5G, especially combined with edge computing, you can extend those areas where those services can be consumed. So. Uh, for example, uh, you would be able to have like big training centers so that people from different sectors can, you know, wear VR headsets and be trained on different activities. When you will have 5G and, and edge computing at scale, you can really imagine uh, a multiplication of those uh, use cases. For example, in tourism, you visit a big touristic site and you wear AR, AR glasses and all of a sudden, you would be able to access like a virtual tour guide, see uh, additional information, images as you go through your visit of the site, and, and that can really enrich the the experience that you that that you have. I want to come back to what you were saying earlier about skills, Fotis. What kind of skills are we going to need to develop in order to move to more 5G uptake? I think it's a big need of, as the skills, as software, especially software, we talked about immersive reality, we talked about augmented reality, all that. We This is around AI, data analytics, all these different technologies, first of all, enable the use cases to happen. It's not like one 
separate from the other. And that's where the, the skills around software development, but also industry skills. So on the one hand, we have the consumers that require things. The, uh, these applications are, maybe they're starting from the consumer, but they're quickly going into the enterprise. We talk about the metaverse, <laughs> AR, VR, all these applications, right? They started from a marketplace of applications from a consumer, but they quickly become part of an industry like predictive uh, maintenance, analytics, or remote, uh, remote diagnostics, etc. What, what that enables is how do we unlock that? How do we, because 5G gives you all these examples, right? In the end of the day, we need to create the applications that are industry grade, carrier grade, medical grade, all that stuff. And I think that is a combination of skills that are related to software on the one hand, but also industry specific. So I think the blending of the two, I would call it provide that digital revolution or the digital transformation we're starting the, we started today the discussion about to create outcomes. It, and the difference between what was happening a few years back or now even when we had IT separate to the operational environment where the shop floor was not linked to the IT and then the network was a completely different science, etc. Now with 5G, you need 5G features to enable these applications to, to thrive, let's say. Because if you don't have the features of low latency or if it's data agnostic or network agnostic, you won't be able to manage you won't be able to materialize, you won't be able to deploy these applications or connect the devices to the applications that create that unique ecosystem end-to-end -end experience. So I think that the evolution of the skills is to match software development with industry specifics and network specific information, create something like a new type of science that enable to industrialize these type of use cases. And I think by pushing the skills of software, it's on the shop floor, on the real time where mobility plays a role. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating because the world is, is in continuous motion and nothing is static. As our, one of our ancient Greek philosophers said, everything flows, right? It's nothing changes and nothing stays still. And therefore the world is mobility. It is about creating the customer experiences that we don't even know what we need. But as soon as they come out, they become really fascinating and everybody engages to that. In the vein of um, nothing changes, but nothing stands yes. still at the same time. Nadine, what do you think the next two years look like for 5G in business? I, I look, I, I think we're at a really ex exciting point because we are seeing a lot of interest. Uh, Cradle Point and IDG commissioned some research not so long ago, I think 2020, and 80% of IT decision makers really felt that 5G was relevant to their overall digital transformation and supporting new capabilities using AR, VR, and so on. So I think the interest really is there. I think there's going to be a gradual maturity in the ecosystem and partnerships. I think more different types of organizations are going to come together to really make this happen and think about how to deliver outcomes in the end-to-end. -end. I think there's going to be more increased awareness of 5G within enterprise. I think as digital maturity increases, 5G will become more important. And we've talked about values like reliability, privacy, security, and things like functions like network slicing and precise positioning. And these are all individual kind of capabilities. I think what we've got to work on now is that and what will be, what will evolve is that 5G will be seen as a platform with a broader set of capabilities, not just a new network generation with higher speed and lower latency. I think we'll definitely see more private deployments. We're already seeing them happening now. So I expect that will become, that will just grow and develop. And I really hope that governments will encourage that. So I hope that we will see more government grants really pushing and driving for introduction of 5G and related technologies uh, and, and being seen as critical 
critical national infrastructure. I hope and I really do believe that 5G spectrum will be, of course, deployed more universally, but more importantly, that we will see clearer strategies around enterprise spectrum and and how that will be uh, managed. And then, of course, I think we'll see more devices coming on board. There'll be factory fit for 5G. We'll have um, uh, better solutions in terms of the ability for the device ecosystem to work with uh, these new technologies. Then I think in a second wave, we will see the commercialization of slicing which of course will be accelerated by more 5G SA deployments. And then I really uh, believe that 5G will become the primary connectivity for large enterprises and the model of collaboration and orchestration in the ecosystem, including the role of system integrator actually will have matured. And then finally, I would say we will start to many more disruptive business models as a service, models like B2B2X, as we start to see more interesting partnerships develop across uh, different, different industries. Excellent. Thanks. So, Pierre, just following on that, do you think it's too soon to be talking about 6G or should we already be preparing for this revolution too? Mm-hmm. That's a hard question. I think we haven't seen everything that 5G has to offer. And only one month ago, there was a new release, which was uh, frozen release 17 uh, of, of 5G, which will bring in the next, let's say 12 to 18 months, a whole new set of features that will enhance even more what 5G can have to offer in terms of, for example, precise positioning, integration with non-terrestrial networks like satellites, or in terms of this function called sidelink, which allows devices to connect to each other without the need of a network, which is a very important, for example, in the automotive industry for mobility or also in public safety, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. So I think Mm -hmm. we still have important steps with with 5G. Maybe one point related to that and to what Nadine just said, we were talking about slicing. Again, it's still very much ahead of us. And it's one thing for Uh, telecom operators to be able to offer those new set of quality of service uh, features uh, in accessing their network. But something that's also very important will be for application developers to access those new features seamlessly across different networks. If you're a developer and or if you're an enterprise and you develop a new service which can benefit from those high quality of service network slice, you don't want to have to code your application or to sell your application differently, whether you're targeting an enterprise that's connected to operator A or operator B. You want to have some the same types of APIs, same types of, of engagement models with those uh, telecom operators. So that's less of a technical feature, but still something that's absolutely fundamental uh, for those types of uh, the services to to be used at scale. And so that's, again, something that's ahead of us. Now, when it comes to 6G, I think we're still very much in the R&D phase of, of 6G. And I would say that uh, it's mostly important uh, from a technology sovereignty point of view. We see lots of interest, for example, in the US for the technology. Some say that they have be maybe lagging behind a little bit at the time of uh, 5G R&D. They certainly don't want that to happen again with 6G. I, I, my understanding is that there's high investments in the US in terms of R&D to make sure that they position at the right level on 6G. And I'm sure, uh, maybe Nadine can comment on that, I'm sure in Europe and Asia, uh, a lot of the equipment providers are already actively working uh, on the next phase of 6G. 
Yeah, I think the 6G standards development of them is going to be mid this decade. So uh, we're expecting 6G to arrive around 20, 2030. But I think what's really important about 6G is is we talked a bit earlier about immersive experience, which, by the way, we talk a lot about 5G for business use and enterprise use, but we should not forget the consumer piece because I really do believe that the consumer experience is going to be much more transformed. We're seeing a lot of these luxury brands now. Gucci have just launched uh, or launched recently uh, Gucci Garden in Roblox, which is a gaming platform, and they had 90 million visitors here. Selena doing the same. Dior are doing similar. Armani have done some interesting try-on lipstick, virtual reality thing. You know, so I think the world of fashion, beauty, everything will also be very much transformed by these experiences. And the relevance of 6G to all of those things is that I think 6G is obviously really going to build on 5G, but will also be very much about this intertwining of physical and digital world. We call it the internet of senses. I could be having a coffee with you guys now and I'm smelling that coffee, or you could be eating cake and I can smell the cake, that kind of piece. So uh, something to look forward to, but I think we have a lot to do with 5G first, to Pierre's point. That's absolutely fascinating. I would like for each of you to give a final thought before we go. So final thoughts, Nadine. Yeah, for me, look, I think 5G is really exciting. Really, we are just at this really the start, I think, of uh, a lot of potential. We're really starting to see maturity in 5G, you know, deployed ubiquitously. And I think we need to leverage that. To Fotos' point about talent, I think we need to bring different kinds of people together to make this transformation happen. And we talk about the ecosystem all the time. So I will say that again. But I think for me, I really would love a combination of organizations to be challenged by enterprises to really support them in driving a really uh, strong and compelling transformation using 5G and its peer technologies. So, yeah, exciting times to come. I think we're seeing new waves of uh, digital transformation. And more and more what we see with our clients across all sectors is how connectivity is becoming strategic. It's very important. Without connectivity, you don't have access to data and digital. So you can't transform at least at the pace that is needed, whether you're talking about a change of paradigm and towards something more sustainable, or if you're looking for more efficiency, more innovation in the way the enterprise is running the business. So connectivity is becoming extremely important. And 5G, to that respect, is, a true, is going to be a true game changer in the sense that it can bring, again, the scale, the mobility, the quality of service needed to power all of those connected devices to share seamlessly data across different systems with the right security and velocity. So uh, I'm very confident that we'll see more and more use cases in the coming years, more and more enterprise moving from early adoption pilots to really leveraging the power of 5G at scale. I think we should to think about a sense of purpose that in this period of time where we need to be sustainability, human-centric opportunities, I think we should see 5G as to unlock the potential of these type of use cases. There are some really critical problems that uh, we are facing, and uh, this is an opportunity that, uh, you know, information, reliability, and can help us being a little bit more predictive, a little bit more efficient uh, in the way we use our resources in the world. And the, the, the better services we provide to people that are in need, I think these are areas of very importance that networks and wireless connectivity, 5G can help. The second one is around connected products. I think we, we focused a lot on 
the infrastructure and how to make things happen. But I think the what is important is what are those connected services for as products are leaving a manufacturing site and automotive, how do we make it more safe? All these products are becoming more services than products. The box is much more smarter. It's got, it's fully connected. It's, it's got data it, it, and so on. So I think we need to privilege those low power applications where the devices become now uh, 5G, I would call it native and enable that low power connectivity and the intelligence to be very discreet and very useful for us. And the third one is about skills and education and enabling, helping those digital skills that every industry can transform to become much more sustainable, much more leaner and, and, and move on into the, uh, the sense of purpose that they do. It's obvious that the present and future of 5G connectivity is set to be the basis on which so many amazing new technologies and business opportunities will be built. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of today's guests, Vodis, Pierre, and Nadine. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Future Sight, a show from Capgemini Invent. We'll see you soon. <laughs>